Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by Aram in Toronto. What up, Aram? Not much. Hey, happy end of the regular season. Yeah, I got to say, I'm really, 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 really happy that the regular season is over. It's been a really strange uh, up and down, a lot of down uh, Warriors really up season down. Yeah. season. Considering they are the third seed, considering uh, how they started, it's been a, a, a rough middle to end of the of the season. How how yeah. you feeling? I I'm feeling super excited for the playoffs, and I'm you know we're recording this like uh, during the Pelic the last Pelicans game. So I mean, this is something that I'm usually doing in like when I watch baseball. It's like how are the standings and all that kind of thing. And so it's been kind of interesting to see how the how this the seeding is going to play out because uh, you know matchups matter and we we've experienced like there's a there's a path to put, uh, to the championship in the playoffs. But you know overall, um, super excited for the for this next season, right? This uh, this playoff season, and it's been a it's been a a long a long, long year, and I'm sure you feel that more than I do because you've been doing, <laughs> you've been doing, you've been doing uh, post games for every every game. But uh, so I, I was thinking, um, you know, in to recognize the end of the season. Um, to do like a kind of a, a season recap, because I think when you get to the playoffs, like, or when, whenever their run ends this playoff season, hopefully uh, as late as possible and with the championship, but whatever happens there is going to color how we view this season. But I think it's important after such a long and dramatic season to actually take a moment and kind of appreciate or, uh, you know, complain uh, about some of it too. So, um so yeah, yeah. Let, let's 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 get to that. I I think I remember one of the episodes you did in uh, in the begin before the season. Uh, it was a solo episode, and you did you did like 10, 10 epic picks. So uh, you want to what was what were some of your best ones? And uh, you you probably had some worse ones, right? No, I'm always right. No, um, <laughs> yeah. So it was an episode where like I was just like I was just looking at this coming season. And I, it just seemed like there was a lot of a lot of intrigue, a lot of good storylines, you know, like and for the first right. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and some I was way off on some uh, I was, you know, pretty on on um, to just get on the one that I was like way off on was that the Warriors and Lakers would both be contenders for the first time in my Warriors fandom. And Obviously, the Lakers didn't live up to their end of the bargain, but it was all set up, right? Like, yeah. I, I didn't think the Lakers – I thought the Westbrook trade was awful when it happened, but when they yeah. picked up, like, Malik Monk, you know, and some younger dudes around the fringes, I was like, okay, they might be able to at least be top four or something, top five, and it never happened. So, you know, our whole lives, it was like the Warriors were bad, but the Lakers were good. But mm-hmm. then when the Lakers – well, when the Warriors hit their dynasty, the Lakers were terrible, right? So I was actually looking forward to that. And I thought I thought the NBA would be looking forward to that because we've never had like a uh, NorCal, SoCal uh, NBA rivalry. I mean, I'm not counting Sacramento. <laughs> you know, just, like, I guess I shouldn't say NorCal. I should just say like Warriors-Lakers yeah. rivalry. Um, and I guess we kind of had a Warriors-Clippers one for like a hot minute. Yeah. But 
uh, you know, and then with Steph and LeBron and all the history, I thought it was going to be really interesting. And then yeah, the was, first game of the season was awesome. And I thought that was just going to be like a how it was going to be this year, but clearly it was not. Well, it's kind of like how we've said before, if you have Steph and Draymond and, you know, this year play, you have, you always have a chance in the playoffs. Right. And, and, you know, the Warriors Lakers was setting up to be uh, kind of like one of those, uh, you know, maybe the older heavyweight fight, you know, it's like uh, Tyson and Holyfield, like they're both, you know, on, on the back end, but it's still going to be good. You still want to watch it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the rationale was that like, Hey, they had LeBron, they had AD and fill it out, fill out the roster around that. Um, yeah. But whatever, I don't, I, I'm not too disappointed about that uh, because, no, no. because uh, uh, well, I'll ask you for, uh, uh, well, we could, we could come back to that later because yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. have some, uh, some thoughts about that. But uh, so, so that was, that was your, that was your misfire. Yeah. Yeah. Your top yeah. misfire. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my best one. And it wasn't like, you know, to me, it was pretty obvious. I'm sure to you too, that it was going to be uh, the greatest rookie class in years and i've been saying that for a while but like far be it for me to take credit for that because people have been touting yeah. this class for like a few years when these kids were like in high school uh maybe some of them even middle school or something but uh, and it's proven to be true right uh, john hollander wrote that article in the athletic about mm-hmm. this being like one of the best rookie classes and i mean it was pretty obvious once it started and just to see how deep it is uh i find that super interesting. I mean, I, I just love watching rookies to see how they translate to the NBA, especially when you have two of them on your own team. And uh, obviously it's like, it's been exciting to watch Kaminga and to some extent Moses Moody, who hasn't gotten as much run, but just seeing like how uh, Cade Cunningham came on stronger late. Mobley's been good all the way back into, you know, <laughs> I just got to tout my uh, Brandon Boston, uh, pick idea, which uh, which a lot of people kind of laughed at. I think you just like laughed at the fact that like it's not. It was either you or somebody on like a a, a website said like it's not like the NFL. You can't just trade back and collect picks. But I mean, in theory, you could. But I know the NBA doesn't really work like that way that fast with the with their assets and everything, unless you're Sam Presti. But yeah, I mean, I, I I'm super interested. I mean, you know, I love I love this class, and it was actually going to come up a little bit later for me be, because, yeah. um, you know, it is different than the NFL in that the NFL's draft is such a big thing because these players make impact immediately, mm-hmm. and usually, you know, that's not the case for NBA players. I, I I remember kind of back in the day, it would be like, oh, by year three, you kind of know what you have. If you think about mm-hmm. year three, it's like that's already for, for players that are coming up now, year three players are getting into the MVP conversation. You know, you got mm-hmm. John Morant and like, or, yeah. or last year you had, you know, Trey and Luca, you know, like they, they were third year players last year, I think. And, and so just the, the, the way that young players are contributing and adapting to the league. Um, I mean, one of the things, you know, I was thinking about, you know, some things that I liked about this year and some things that I didn't, some things that I liked was, was that uh, hey, everybody was a little skeptical about the two timelines, right? The, the young players um, being able to develop 
while being contenders. And it's like, except for us. Well, yeah, I mean, we were, I, I was so hyped. Right. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't skeptical at all. I was like, this guy told me. Happened. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I've been a believer since the beginning. So, but, but you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think it would come along to the point where, you know, you watch that San Antonio game, uh, last night and you're just like, Whoa, Kaminga needs to play in the playoffs. Like who cares if he makes some mistakes, he needs to play. Like he, he, he helped them. Like he ignited them in that game, right? So mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have expected he would be close to a playoff rotation. I mean, it seems like Steve uh, definitely wants to do his best to temper all those expectations and 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 push push him away. And um, mm-hmm. and I don't know why he does that, you know. And and I'm sure Kaminga makes mistakes, but man, uh, some of those mistakes you can live with when he can do what he does. And so anyway, I, I, uh, that's been one of the things I've really, really enjoyed seeing is, is seeing these young guys uh, in this plan work out to a degree, mm-hmm. to the degree that it has, and just all the pieces that they assembled. Um, you know, something I, I don't know that I didn't like what happened this year, but I guess I was surprised by um, is just how hard it is for somebody to come back you know and obviously yeah. clay right we were yeah. thinking that we've been thinking about it for 941 days um mm-hmm. and that and that like he would come back and be kyle corver you know um and i and i think <laughs> I, I i mentioned this a little bit and i don't know if i was like clear enough in a previous episode that like you know we talked about Oh, what percentage of his former self would you accept? And I and I think you know we said for about this year, like oh, seventy to eighty. And it's like oh, but he doesn't cruise along seventy right. to eighty percent. He's just like going down to thirty and getting up to ninety and like back down to thirty. I mean, he's been yeah. good in the last few weeks, and um, I think that that illness that he had, that non non COVID illness, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, not implying that he had COVID. Uh, I believe that he had an illness, but that seemed to really wreck him uh, and his rhythm. Mm-hmm. And it took him some time to get back. But I think what has surprised me more than anything too, is that um, the physical, you know, adjustment, he's older, two years off, but it's like the mental adjustment. He yeah. has not been sharp mentally in some situations, something like the Phoenix game. There was that late foul he had, um, you know, it was a mistake, but it's just like, you don't, you don't remember, uh, pre-injury clay making that mistake. And, but it makes sense, you know, like who, who after, if you went back to your job, uh, after two and a half years, like you, you probably would take some time to adjust to it, like mentally. Right. So, but that yeah. was a surprise, like to, to see that really playing out. I was, uh, I guess I didn't, I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, you know, I t- actually talked about this in yesterday's episode, the most recent one. It's something that I've noticed, right? Like when Clay came back, it took him a while to ramp up, right? He hadn't played in 941 days, and then he started looking better. And then the illness came around. You know, he was inconsistent, but the illness came. It knocked him off mentally, knocked him off of his uh, path physically, just getting back on the court. And so it took a while to get that back. And so he was even more up and down and then he was pressing all this stuff. Like there's a lot of obviously like psychological stuff going on there, I'm sure. So he's been better the last couple of weeks and especially the past week. 
but it also helped. He sat out the Kings game, right? And then they had three days off. So mm-hmm. I'd always said that, like, he seems, it seems to be happening so fast up in his mind that, like, it's a lot to process. And that's why I think he'll be better next year uh, than he is totally. now, because from now until hopefully October, he's physically going to be actually in better shape. He's not going to age 500 years. Um, so I just feel like he'll have uh, a better season next year. And I think, like, easing into the playoffs like he has been hopefully he plays well against the pelicans we'll see uh, hopefully only plays like 20 minutes too <laughs> you know, i know, I know. Get him out of there. come on don't get hurt don't get hurt <laughs> you know um hit two shots and and, and uh, retire for the night but there is a part of me like when you do take a step back you're like oh this makes sense right like his path because it was going in a certain way until he kind of fell off with that illness and then now he's getting back to where he was probably trending towards before, you know? And it's really interesting, like you're saying, that he, you know, it's not like John Wall or, or Dominique Wilkins where it's like athleticism is like their major, major advantage, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you could tell, oh, he's not as explosive as he used to be. Clay, maybe. I mean, sure, you know, he can get there perhaps, but he was never that explosive to begin with. He can still do those really, like, kind of unimpressive one-handed dunks you know? <laughs> which i love to see but it's like oh he's reaching up there just getting his wrist over the rim and and uh, yeah, it's better than i can do but i uh i i fully expect him to uh to actually be a little bit more consistent than i had thought he would be going to the playoffs but we'll see yeah it's just been interesting to see um you know i, I think i was telling my kids like you know sometimes there's a thing there's such a thing as wanting it too badly Right. <laughs> like, and, and, and I think that's kind of been his story this year, like wanting it too badly, wanting it all to come back too badly. And we all want it to come back too badly as well. So, uh, but, you know, I, I think he's finding a rhythm. And so, you know, that, that's something that nice to see. And, you know, in terms of like something that I liked this year, it's like, well, they, they barely had any time together, but seeing those three guys, uh, come back and play at a high level at different points in the season. Uh, and we hope that it all comes together in the playoffs, but um, it's been nice to see that they can still play at a high level. So um, that's also why I'm excited to have the playoffs start because we get stepped back and we got our guys, right? Yeah. I mean, t- uh, to that point, when we did our post all-star, what we're looking forward to, I said, seeing those three guys play together and we got that for 11 minutes. Luckily, yeah. I did watch that game. You know, not only has the season been long and and a lot of guys have been out, but like that, this is the real season. You know, I'm excited mm-hmm. because when I started this podcast in 2018, I stopped before the playoffs, you know, <laughs> so I've never done playoff games and they didn't make the playoffs last year. I did the two playing games, but that wasn't as fun, right? Because those felt like just regular season games tacked on to the end. Yeah. And so well, now, I lost both of them too. <laughs> exactly. So now I'm curious to see like what it's like, how it feels with like these breaks between games and just, you know, playing the, the same opponent and not just like on the court, obviously, but like, it'll be fun to like talk about that kind of stuff in general. I want to talk about one thing I didn't like about this season, which has nothing to do with the Warriors really quickly is and I don't want to belabor this point because it's something that you and I have talked about before is that uh, the way that the refs called fouls at the beginning oh. of the season to now 
it's, you know, we're like guys like Trey Young and James Harden weren't baiting and getting their fouls that baiting the rest into foul calls. So it was great. And I looked at their number of free throws per game on average. They were like at least half, you know, and now it's almost back up to where it was before or if not there. So I find that a little bit frustrating. That's a minor thing uh, in the long run, but it's something that uh, you're like, well, you know, they tried and I guess they course corrected and went back to how it was before to, to some degree. So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's uh, it, as, as a whole, if you could, you know, we, we mentioned a few things that we liked and, and we didn't, if you were to kind of like summarize the season as a whole, what, what, would, like, how do you feel about it? Like it's before the playoff starts, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it, from uh from a warrior's perspective i feel like it is like unfulfilled i mean i talked about this a lot during the year like wanting to see the talent on this team the potential of this team reached right that's all you ever want from like uh, athletes because you're like oh my gosh like james wiseman he's such a unicorn he can be this and obviously selfishly he's a warrior so you want to see him help your team win but also you just want to see guys like that and how they work with the Hall of Famers like Steph, Clay, Draymond, seeing, like you said, those three guys back together. But we haven't seen that, you know, beyond 11 minutes. Playoffs are an opportunity to witness that, right? Like, I, I want to see the four championship dudes play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's been three years since we've seen that, right? And since then, like... Andre Godal has like, you know, been on technically two teams before <laughs> coming back. So it's it's been a minute and that's how it feels. And all the other stuff around like the drama, like Ben Simmons, you know what I mean? Like all all this chatter, the the Lakers hilarity, I'll say. Um it's I mean, it's been entertaining, you know. I'll just put yeah. it that so some of these storylines I could do without, but some of them I'm like, I should really just like put my phone down before I go to sleep, but I'm infinitely scrolling. With yeah. Don't do it. Like, don't do did, it. You, what, yeah. what did Westbrook shoot tonight? You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. The NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament, and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, oh, I mean, to to get something I didn't like about this season, like not seeing James Wiseman, that sucked. You know, like, uh, yeah, I mean, as exciting as Kaminga and Moody to some degree has been, just like, man, oh yeah, like imagine if we had that guy, right? And how how entertaining it would have been. I mean, it all contributed to this really like up and down. I mean, um, I mean, you said it at the beginning, it's just like this has been a long season it's had a lot of twists and turns in terms of like when is somebody going to come back when is when is clay going to come back when is james going to come back um 
you know, and and then Draymond is out, and then when is he going to come back? And I'm like, oh, Steph. So I didn't go back and listen to or, or figure out what our picks were for for what um, what the Warriors would be, but I I I believe uh, we we said like what's what's the best case scenario, realistic best case scenario, and I said like, and I think we said like the two or the three seed. So mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like where we've ended up is almost like our best realistic scenario. You know, I think we all recognize that Phoenix was really damn good and, you know, they were coming off the finals. So that didn't seem to be uh, in the cards for us, but a three seed, if you were going to just, just look at it, look at the, the, the standings and look at the numbers, you'd be like, Oh wow. Amazing. You know? Um, So I, I feel good about that. And, and to show that when they, been kind of like firing on all cylinders they can beat anybody like and going into this playoffs like nobody should want to face this team um yeah so i've been feeling really good about that if all the things can come together and you know as you you know as we even feel in our own lives but uh, it's hard to get those cylinders going right uh so it may not happen i'm 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 uh being realistic about that as well. One of the things that I said on my list of 10 reasons why the season will be epic was that there's a lot of parody in the league, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, whereas like when the Warriors were dominant, they were clearly like the best team. Maybe like there was another team that was close or like, you know, you know, hanging around for a year, maybe like the Spurs or the Grizzlies or whatever. But this year I said, there's gonna be a lot of parody. It's gonna be really exciting. And we're seeing that play out right now, right? Like we're looking at who the Warriors might play and it's been this dance of like, oh, Denver, are they going to get Michael Porter Jr. back? Are they going to get Jamal Murray back? It doesn't look like it at this point anymore. But that was like a thing because that's how much parity there was. Like the sixth seed could you know, easily have been like a one or two if healthy. And, you know, like seeing everything line up is not – I mean, like you said, it hasn't really happened for the Warriors this year. And seeing the pieces, like the 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 pieces when Kaminga gets a lot of minutes, or seeing the pieces when Clay and Draymond are back, or when Steph and Draymond are playing together, it's like, can we put all these pieces together somehow? And you know, it'll happen a little bit in the playoffs, but we'll see. Because I'm curious, and and I've I've talked about this, how really how healthy can the guys stay? Because mm-hmm. They've all, all four of the championship dudes have had long injuries for the year. I mean, Clay's, you know, different beast because he's been yeah. gone for, he was gone entering the season, but then like Steph went out and then, you know, Draymond went out before that. And Andre's been out for, for months, it feels like, yeah. you know, so yeah. any one of those dudes, knock on wood, it doesn't happen, but like any one of those dudes could, could, uh, you know, have a little hitch in it in his get up. And, you know, that's why, like, I think, you know, having like someone like Kaminga is so helpful. And, you know, people were complaining on Twitter, which is what Twitter is for, I guess, about uh, D. Lee starting versus the Spurs. And I'm like, this is a total Steve Kerr thing. This is smart on his part, actually. Yeah. It's a game that he doesn't care about that much. And you might need him, <laughs> you know, like this is a game, yeah. might as well yeah. start him. You don't have to play him like in crunch time. Uh, but like, this is where you do that. And so like, I was like, that's okay with me. I, I messaged you uh, during this the Spurs game. I said, "D 
Dealey will hit an important shot in the playoffs at some point. <laughs> yeah, he will. He will. Um, <laughs> it's so yeah. it's so out of the Kerr playbook too. Is he? Which I like. You know, when whenever there's like a a regular starter is out, he'll 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 reap reach down deep into the bench and, and put somebody in, right? Because he doesn't want to mess up his rotation, but it's also like, you know, trying to keep guys ready and, and give them a moment to, to shine or, you know, at least the opportunity, which, you know, I think that's that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I was totally for that. And so I was like, oh, come on, you know, all these people complaining about Kerr and he did, he's not a perfect dude, but like, this is something that he always does. And yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, have you not watched, you know, like, the last like seven years or whatever? <laughs> it's it's yeah. uh it's kind of funny. All right. I have a few things that I want to ask you. Um, yeah. um not not quite lists, but uh but a, but a few things that all in the spirit of uh reviewing the season before we get into class. I mean we're like chomping at the bit to talk about playoffs, but I think we're gonna do that later this week, right? Yes, so, yes. After the that. after the playing round. Yeah. So is once we know, once we know who's facing who, right? Yeah. So come back, Oakland Warriors fans, and check out the playoff <laughs> preview. Uh anyway, uh I, I shouldn't be promoing. I'll leave that to you. But um <laughs> so I I want to get some of your awards picks. I'll ask you two then, two of these awards. Um, yep. MVP. Who who's your MVP pick? I'll give it to Joel Embiid. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that I mean, like again, there's a lot of parity with good teams, and there's a lot of parity with good players because nobody stood out on the dominant runaway team that uh, was, you know, far and away better than anyone else. And I think Embiid leading the league in scoring and just bringing the Sixers through this season through all the Ben Simmons nonsense, mm-hmm. uh, I think that is pretty impressive. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, I mean, there's other people that are deserving, but at this point, you know, if he gets it, I have no problem with with that at all. And it's also like, oh, you know, voters like to find a new face every now and then, right? So, I mean, that, there's a new one. I mean, that's why Carl Malone <laughs> one right when yeah when yeah. they were like ah oh, we gave it to jordan too many times like we should exactly get well. i i mean i i think i think Embiid will win it because for the exact that reason you know uh voters like an, a new face they like a new story they like the quote-unquote narrative of the mvp like it's an it's an ascendance award it's like you have ascended to this level of player and then but then once you get that award it's kind of like you you can't really get it again um, or you have to do so much more to get it again. So I think he will get it. Um, I, but I, but for me, I, you know, what Jokic has done has been incredible. Um, and what Giannis and Giannis is just uh, amazing. Like he's, he's better than he was uh, the last two seasons, but I don't yeah. think he'll win a third one in a row. So yeah, uh, I can't see that happening. Um, yeah. So I think it'll be Embiid. All right, let me ask you this other one, because there's been some kind of late uh, late season um, Warriors push for it. Is uh, most improved player? Um, I don't know who else is in the running, but should Jordan Poole run <laughs> win most improved player? Like, like I actually don't know who who else would be in the running. But. Jordan Poole, like I I don't know. I don't know if he deserves it. If he played like this, like the way he's been playing the last you know, month and a half, pretty much. If he played like this the whole season or at least half the season, then maybe, but he had a couple 
of not so great months. Yeah. Um, you know, like people say Darius Garland. Some people say John Morant because he's elevated his game and that team. So honestly, like either of those guys might get it above him and they would deserve it, right? Plain and simple. Yeah. If, yeah. if Poole, when he went to the bench, didn't kind of disappear, you know, yeah. for yeah. for two out of three games for like a month or two, it felt like. Maybe not that long, but it just seemed that way. He, he'd be more in the conversation. He was definitely in the conversation to start the season. He was like, a, you know, everybody was like saying he's, you know, one of the top top candidates for it. But uh, uh, after after Clay got back, you know, he went to a little bit of a tailspin. So that consistency might not be there. And plus, like Darius Garland, you know, he made the All Star team. I agree. I it, it it's a late push, and it feels a little bit uh, a little bit forced. And he he had those yeah. Yeah, not really those spells where it's like he, he couldn't get it going unless he was starting and it's, hey it's fine that he struggled it's understandable yeah. um and and some of these other players just kind of carried it through the, the entire season all right that is part one of our season review with me and Aram in toronto be sure to check out part two coming up tomorrow be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts feel free to hit me up on twitter at patrick epino epino or at oakland warriors you can hit up aram at aram collier a-r-a-m-c-o-l-l-i-e-r check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to check out our youtube channel the link will be in the show notes below be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the oakland warriors podcast it's produced by national film society and as a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. And also leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be very much appreciated. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. And go Dubs.